Welcome to the Communications and Relationship Summit, brought to you today by the Public Speakers Association. As always, we love for you to experience the amazing Mr. Fox Meyer. Fox, take it from here. Thank you, Tanya. I hope I live up to that introduction. Uh, hello, everybody. I am Fox Byer, uh, a speaker. And today, I'd like to share some stories that would hopefully get you to understand my feelings toward relationships and that if you stick to your principles as a, you yourself, your own person, like people will find you. And with that, I think will come more meaningful and lasting relationships. So this is going back, as you may have heard uh, Tanya mentioned about back to school. I am a school teacher at a uh, high school here in New Jersey. And I can recall last year walking toward the entrance of the school building and seeing myself in the door's reflection. And it doesn't matter how, how old I get, almost 40 years old now, I'm, I'm five foot eight inches tall, pretty much average height, but I have never bought a pair of pants that actually fit me. And, and then I recall opening the door for a couple of female colleagues. And I'm amazed at how many bags they are carrying on their arms. Um, there were two of them, and I think both of them combined were carrying like six bags on their arms. And I'm a guy with CP, cerebral palsy. So I have a little bit of a hitch in my get along and I'll put it to you like this. Um, the less I own, the more worry-free I am. And for me, walking without anything is a conscious act of will. So anyway, I open the door and, and, and they walk into school before me, my two, two female colleagues. And every day when I walk into the school this particular day, the thoughts of my own high school experience sort of rang in my head. Overwhelmingly good, but some of the negative experiences came into my head. Words that were said to me like, you're a crippled creep. And one time I was told by someone to this day very close to me that I didn't look like a senior. I, I, I don't know what that means um, to this day. And then I looked around and I, see, I, I saw so many students trying to be cool. And I thought to myself, Fox, regardless of what content you're ordered to teach and what curriculum you're ordered to teach, I knew that my main job in that moment was to make all of my students realize through my teaching that from the, from the moment they were conceived, they were designed to be different. So in essence, my job is to make them understand, don't act like somebody you're not. And I'll, I'll ask you this question. Are you trying to stand out? And sure, your twin is out there, no doubt. They might wear what you wear and do what you do. Your carbon copy. So it's nothing new. But let me ask you this. Do they have your tone? Do they have your heartbeat? Do they have your mission? Remember, it's impossible to truly measure what lies within. With so many similar variables, remember how you are made. Have no fear 
all of your individuality is saved. You can stick to your principles. Like people will find you. And, and, and later on this day, I'm, I get into the, the school parking lot after school has ended. And I get onto a, to a local highway to drive to another job that I have as a, a baseball coach for a, for a local base team, baseball team here in New Jersey. And it's I-287 southbound. And I think about just being grateful all of the freedoms I've had in my life. When I've been hungry, I've been able to get myself something to eat. If my nose is running, I've been able to get a tissue. If my toe itches, I've been able to scratch it. And then I think about all the times in my life when I haven't had those freedoms, albeit temporarily. As a kid with cerebral palsy, I have had a handful of surgeries to correct my crooked walk. And I can recall after a surgery at about age 10, I'm lying in bed at home at night on my back in a cast from the waist down. And at this point, people have had to do things for me. I've been hungry. They've had to get me something to eat. I've had a runny nose. They've had to get me a tissue. Okay. I've had an itch on my toe. They've had to scratch it. So this particular night, as I think back, I made a pact with myself. And I said, I am no longer going to have anyone carry me to the bathroom. So I devise a plan, which I roll over onto my stomach. And I slowly crawl myself onto the floor. So I drop down as gently as I possibly could. And I army crawl using my elbows across the floor onto a rug. And then I make a left-hand turn into, uh, into the restroom. And I prop myself up on the commode and then freedom. And again, this, this idea of freedom pops up. And it has to do with my students. And those students that, that are, might be different than what we think, but are not afraid to really show who they are, and their freedoms are threatened by others who don't like who they are, so they lash out. They're called bullies, bullying in the, the common day term. Nick Vujicic, if you know who he is, the no arms, no legs, no worries guy, likens bullying to pulling around a matchbox car in a Mercedes-Benz. In other words, it's not difficult to do. So I'll give you an example from, from my own life. So along with my CP, I have problems with, with my eyes and controlling them at the same time. I was born cross-eyed. I've had a bunch of surgeries since to correct the cross, cross vision. And present day, if you look at me, it looks like I can't look at you with both eyes at the same time. And you especially notice this if I'm not wearing my glasses and have my contacts in. And so a short while ago, someone very close to me who obviously didn't feel good about themselves looked at me and said, dude, your eyes are messed up. I felt like saying, you've known me your whole life. Are you blind? 
it's not hard to bully somebody. Just take something different about them and dwell on it. And I think once you, you realize that and you realize that if you are always your authentic self and that this will attract more people to you, there are going to be, be people, some very close to you, that take exception. This happens all the time to me. Sporting events, for example. When I go to them, I usually order a huge meal before I go, not so much because I want to save money, but because, as we know, stadiums and arenas have so many stairs and so few rails. And over time, when I go out, it's a bottle over a draft, a can over a cup. And so I would ask you, how do you hold a cup? Do you hold it across its neck or do you hold it across its neck with a napkin under it because the contents are either too hot, too wet, or too cold? Or do you hold it over its top? I hold it over the top because my shoulders never stay level when I walk because my right leg is shorter than my left. As a general rule, I lose 10% of what is in the cup for every 10 feet that I walk. And recently I was at a sporting event and I got too big for my britches and I ordered two draft beers. And as was my custom, I lost 10% what was in those beers for every 10 feet that I walked. And off in the distance, a female fan went over to a cop and pointed in my direction, thinking that I was intoxicated. And the cop came over to me and I say this to you. Thank you, Prince EA, for showing us that DNA is not regulated by the FDA. Okay, spread the news. I've got a friend. He's six foot ten, and he has 19 tattoos. And when I look across the room and I look at him, I don't see color. In fact, I don't see anything. I just think brother. People, let's get away from labels and groups, jump into one big pot, and just make soup. So again, I'm encouraging you to be who you are and stick to your principles. Eventually, you're destined that like people will find you. But realize along the way, there are going to be people that take exception to this, and those are people that are not comfortable with themselves. And I think what Laura said earlier on in the previous previous summit, forgiveness is a huge portion of that. Be able to forgive through the process. And for me, forgiveness, if, you, if you've heard uh, me speak before, it's something that takes time. It takes time. But you can get through it. Stick to your principles. And to continue on this particular day, I pull into the parking lot of TD Bank Ballpark, where I'm a coach for a, a professional baseball team here in New Jersey. And I change from my school clothes to my work clothes. And this particular day, just in, in my own quietness, advice that people have given me over time kind of rings in my head. There are three pieces I want to share with you today. One was from a good friend named Kenny Wilkinson, who told me years ago that you can learn from people. 
and you can learn from them even if it's what not to do. Another one is from a, a man I hold in high esteem um, that's very close to my heart, Coach Jim Toman, who told me at a team breakfast years ago that you can take all you can eat, but you can't, but you shouldn't eat all you can take. A little something on gluttony. And then there was my dad's advice, which simply went like this. If you want to be rich, want less. And if we're in a relationship summit right now, look at it like this. If you want rich, lasting relationships, expect less from yourself. And, and, and to quote Dr. Michelle Mazur of the Rebel Speaker podcast, your most rebellious act is just being more of who you are. In all of your life, you might push it to the limit. You might hope and wish for a salary that's six digits. Wanting it all through every minute, second, and passing hour, it's the coin, the coin, the coin that has the power. But time fades and memories pass. So I'll ask you, which is the currency that lasts? Is it the bank, your cash? My friend, I'm afraid those things don't last. What about time and advice you've passed on to family and friends? I think it's those things that don't have an end. I've come to one conclusion, all of you lads. Your impact on each other by being simply yourself is the greatest currency you could ever have. So again, I'd like to thank my dad for that advice. Want to be rich, want less. Tying it all together, what's an example of two people sticking to their principles throughout their lifetimes and forming a bond that'll last forever. Here's an example. This is the story of Jim McLaren. A college graduate in 1985, the world was Jim's oyster. He graduated from Yale. He had offers to play pro football. He had offers to do modeling. Again, the world was his oyster. And he went out on his motorcycle on an evening in New York City, and he said the evening was filled with endless possibility. That night, he was hit on his motorcycle by a New York City bus. He wasn't given a chance to live. They actually chalked his body upon, uh, the ambulance did upon arrival. But what they didn't know was the size of Jim's heart. As Jim recovered, as he said, all, after all that happened, all that ultimately happened was that Jim lost his left leg below his knee. Jim, with a huge heart, went on to be the fastest one-legged distance athlete on the planet. Some years later, He's riding his bicycle on a closed course when he said all he saw was the grill of a truck coming straight into him. Jim's second accident left him a quadriplegic. But that didn't stop Jim from having the will to walk again and think 
of other people. With help, he founds the Challenged Athletes Foundation, which provides bikes, wheelchairs for people that need them around the world. Thousands of miles away, years before, was born, in the country of Ghana, was born Emmanuel Fosu Uboa. He was born without a limb. And the country of Ghana, back when he was born in the late 70s, a disabled baby was considered a curse, and his mother was advised to kill him. She did not. She was different. She forced him, urged him to get involved in all kinds of activities. He went to school. He played soccer with his friends. And eventually, he finds out about the Challenged Athletes Foundation and, and Jim McLaren and is given a bike through that organization. Emmanuel takes this bike and rides this bike all through Ghana, spreading awareness about children and people with disabilities and spreads compassion, riding miles through Ghana through the most unforgiving obstacle of all. Thousands of years of prejudice. This friendship that was born through Jim's accidents, okay, and Emmanuel's struggles will never be broken. This bond was so strong between Jim and Emmanuel that it prompted Jim to say that maybe it wasn't a mistake that he broke his neck. I have never heard that phrase before. I probably will never hear it since. But it just gives you an example of what sticking to your principles can do throughout your life. I hope that shows you that, that it's a guarantee that if you stick to your principles, like people will find you, even if it's from miles and miles and miles away, and you've gone through miles and miles of struggles and miles and miles of hardships. You are destined, if you stick to your principles, that like people will find you. I'll end with a couple of poems here that, that may motivates you to, to, if you're acting like somebody you're not right now, to be more of who you are, and that if you are your authentic self, that you continue to do that. So one is called Tough Beginnings to a Happy Life. The early was a day-to-day -day struggle. It went from bad to worse, and the pain, well, it doubled. Never far from imminent danger, from the tough and the unforgiving, it was no stranger. Closure to me seemed impossible, but toughness, I had that, and it was plentiful. So I turned all of my pain into inspiration, and every day I gave it a game-faced salutation. I said, hello, tough times. You are just a pit stop to a happy life. Because what's a victory highway without some struggle and strife?
and step. You're idle no more. Step. Pick yourself up off the floor. Step, people. Get up and out of your seat. Step. You will not lie there in defeat. Step in mind and embody a winning tranquility. Step without movement. There is absolutely no possibility. Step. Each pace equals a seed. Step in the world's largest sequoia tree. Step one by one, they will amass. Step Corfield passes down victory path. Wanted to make an offer to all of you today. That is, if you liked what you heard, I want to offer you a free copy of my book of inspirational poetry called Letter Kindling, Igniting, Inspiring, and Evoking the Fire Wind. If you would just so kindly message me off my website and tell me you like a copy of my book, I would be glad to send it to you. My website is foxbuyer.com. That's www.foxbeyer.com. And I'll end with, with one more poem from that book called The Road to Success is Not Paved. Even if tough times last, tough people, they last longer. And as you go down that mogul-ridden path, let your faith grow stronger. If you fall off the horse, get up and get back on the saddle. Victory Highway is not smooth sailing, for that road is a constant uphill battle. Even if positive thoughts don't work, negative thoughts, they'll kill you. So keep your mind, your body, and your soul on high alert, people. You'll never know the heights you will take yourself to. Keep one hand on the wheel and one foot on the gas. Realize these struggles you face are real. Keep being who you're going to be. And let all of your struggles kiss your left pinky toe. Let the path to victory and being yourself not drive you insane. For this road to a great relationship, it's not always paved. Tanya, as always, thank you for your time and your space. And to all of the listeners, thank you for your time and space as well. You all. Take good care. And Tanya, back to you.